Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. We're here every Saturday morning on News Talk 870. As always, you can contact myself, Lance Kenmore, the Kenmore team on my cell phone at 727-8977 or visit us on the web at KenmoreTeam.com. Once again, I always like to thank John for hosting and everybody here at the station for working to make this happen. Mr. John McKay, how you doing over there? Oh, just getting ready for the fair next week. I know. It is upon us. I mean, that that comes super quick. I was uh, traveling for business last week, and so I feel like I lost a week. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, wow, bam, fair. So, yeah. uh, But exciting time. You know, we've had, I mean, we hit the big ones this time of year. We had the hydroplane races a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. then you, and then the next probably one of the next biggest events with tri-cities is we've we've got the fair coming up so and then school and then and then school so oh my gosh we are we are (laughs) right back into it now another thing that we have which leads me into our crazy celebrity real estate is a couple preseason games and stuff we've also got football Mm -hmm. so you know thought it was appropriate to hit up the football celebrity real estate story this week there you go and so you have um mr tom brady and giselle which tom didn't he just sign two-year contract extension i think so okay so two-year contract extension but um, he and his wife put their Massachusetts property, interestingly enough, on the market. I heard about that. For $39.5 million. Wow. Now, this is a 10,000 square foot home, which was completed in 2015, which from the looks of it, they must have started in 2012. <laughs> I think it took, I, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Five acres. 10,000 square foot property, um, huge circular driveway, and then amazing, I mean, it looks like straight out of Chip and Joanna Gaines, um, amazing barn style guest house, which is just absolutely incredible. Um, 2,400 square foot detached guest house. I mean, I think I might take that as my house. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, bigger than ours. So, so really, really um, incredible property, though, looking through. Um, the article hinted at um, the rumor mill that they might be they might be looking for property up um, in Connecticut. So hmm. maybe um, at that price level and that price point, thinking long Longer on the market, get it on the market now. I mean, I wouldn't think he would want to move amidst a two-year contract extension. But, hmm. it, but like they say, job and family changes yes. um, tend to precipitate real estate right. moves. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things we like to do this time of year is um, I kind of I always like to get in and I call it my geek out show. And just say, like, I've got a lot of data now that we're that is starting to roll in. Mm -hmm. Um, We've gotten our July numbers in so we can really look at what is happening in the market. And so one of the things we always like to do is we always like to take the real life calls, the questions that we're getting throughout the week um, in real estate 
and bring that bring that to the show. And so one of the things is I always kind of take a pulse um, around the office, talk to people about our questions that are coming in. And a, a lot of what people have heard recently is I had been waiting to buy because I thought the market was going to crash or, mm-hmm. or go down. I thought I, I thought these I thought these prices and what was going on in the Tri Cities market was just crazy. Yeah. And so we probably had that conversation five or six times over the course of the last couple of days. Wow. And so we're just like, okay, well let's let's really take a look at that and see how that data reflects. And then I always like to kind of I kind of call it my my tale of three cities and okay. say, let's let's not be let's not loop all of Tri Cities into one market research. Let's take a look at the three big cities and say as a micro market what is going on in those in those cities? Mm-hmm. So the number one thing that starts to you know come out in the data, and it supports a lot of what people already know and see, but it is definitely still a seller's market. And so a lot of the times people say, well, well, Lance, what um, what does that determine? And one of the main factors that determines if it's a seller's or buyer's market that we use is months of inventory. And so months of inventory is generally based upon, say, the number of active listings available mm-hmm. and then the number of closed sales. So what you're saying is basically is if no new homes came on the market, how big of an inventory would you have? How many months? How many it, homes would we have left to sell? To sell. And then how many months would it take to eat those up to zero if no new homes came on the market? Which we know is, you know, is is not going to happen. I mean, it's just not like all the builders are going to stop swinging hammers tomorrow. Uh, no one's going to put their house up for sale. That's just that's just not going to happen. So, but it gives us a number to gauge uh, inventory and what we're dealing with. So. I started to break those numbers out mm-hmm. per city. So I'll go, I'll go, I'll start with Richland and, and then we'll go Richland, Kennewick, Pasco, and we'll work our, our way through. So okay. the number of for sale listings, and so we'll use, um, we'll use July's data because we're not all the way through August. So we'll use July's data. The number of for sale listings in Richland was down 16% um, from from one year ago. Hmm. So so we actually have even less homes on the market in Richland this July than we did last July. Now, I know back then we didn't even think that was possible, but, but <laughs> because it, it was low. So, so then the question becomes, well, what does that look like across the board in the three cities? And the numbers are pretty similar. So then when you look at Kennewick, your number of available listings in Kennewick was down not as much, but was down 14.5%. Mm-hmm. And then Pasco, the number of listings in Pasco, very similar to Richland, um, was also down 16.1%. Hmm. So so then here's here's what we start to here's what we start to look at and you look at how things how things have changed. So you say okay, well that's interesting that we have less homes for sale this year than we did last year. What does that do what does that do for sales? 
Okay. So now in Richland, the number of sold listings, the ones that actually closed, um, that decreased. Um, that decreased fifteen percent um, compared compared to the previous year. So it's it was very similar in Richland. Hmm. Number of listings number of listings goes down. Number of sold listings goes down mm-hmm. rough, roughly the same amount. So now we can use those numbers to get us our months of inventory. Richland. Um, sitting at one and a half months of inventory. Wow. So generally, we call a balanced market six months of inventory. Yeah. And so let's. So then let's look at um, let's look at what happened in Kennewick. Now Kennewick was r- really really different. So number of number of listings for sale fourteen and a half percent, but the number of listings that sold year over year only decreased by 7.3%. So you had less homes on the market, but it did not cause an equal amount of, an equal amount of decrease. So, and so you're under contracts, you're under contracts were actually up 16.2%, which we're going to find makes the process, the supply even worse than, than, than it was previously. So now Kennewick running very, very similar to Richland with a 1.4 month supply. Wow. N- not so, so very, very, very similar. Not even six weeks. No, not, no, not even six weeks. So now we go to Pasco and this, this one, it was interesting when we broke this out and didn't really have an average and looked at the micro markets. So Pasco was down very similar, 16%. Um, the number of sold listings there only decreased by 8.9%. And actually, mm. month over month for this year was up 6.7%. So July was had 6.7% more sales than, than June had in Pasco. Now, the problem being what's available there gives the months of inventory based upon those closed sales at 0.9. So so inventory there is down 10% over the previous year. So inventory is down 10% over the previous year in Pasco, 11% in Richland, and Kennewick faring the best and having the most activity, so 6.8%. So we've, we've actually decreased, decreased the amount of inventory. So the next question that a lot of people have to me is like, Lance, so how does this relate to the question that you let in with? What does this mean for getting to a balanced market? Well, for people that say this whole deal is going to crash, there's no way this is sustainable. Mm-hmm. I, I really I feel that that's just an inaccurate statement. And so one of the things people need to look at is that the indicators that we have say we're not leading towards a crash at this moment, but there's got to be a normalization. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if a lot of the people you talk to in your conversations when they say crash mean normalization. Because should we at some point return to a balanced market? Yes, I would Mm -hmm. say yes. It'd be very rare to go, you know, 15 years, you know, with up, 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 up. I mean, we would eventually price ourselves out of the market. So just to give an indication of what that would look like, 
if we were selling at that clip of an average of 350 to 400 homes a month, so if we were selling at that average clip, what mm-hmm. would it have to take for us to get a six-month supply of homes? Well, a six-month supply of homes in in that situation would have to be closer to 1,800 homes on the market, wow. and we currently have around 650. So let's say if there let's say there was an absolute disaster, meaning that the number of home sales were cut by a third. So we take 108 out mm-hmm. um, of the number selling and we continue to list and build at the rate we've been at, then we, we would only be increasing that by by 108 every month. And that would take us that would take us roughly another 10 months um, to get to a balanced market. Wow. And that would be McKay. That would be I, I'm I'm predicting in my case if sales dropped by a third across mm-hmm. the board, I would consider that an absolute disaster. Wow! And even in that situation, it would still take us ten months to get to a normal quote supply. So uh, one of the things we talked about is when do we see that changing? Well. By, by forecasted models and looking at just that very one number in the three cities, um, we're at least 12 months out, and that's being extremely conservative mm-hmm. and probably closer to 24 months. Now, I'm not wow. saying there's not natural disasters or crazy things that can mm-hmm. move the needle here, but based upon forecasting models that I'm working on, uh, we're going to be in this situation and probably talking a lot about the same type of numbers for the next 12 to 24 months. Wow. We're coming up on our first break. In fact, I think I blew right through it. I get all geeked <laughs> up on these numbers. When we come back, we're going to take a look at two other market indicators, compare the three cities, and talk a little bit more about geeked out numbers in real estate. Right here on News Talk 870. Welcome back to the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. We've been talking about a little bit of a statistical analysis. We like to do a mid-year check-in, mm-hmm. see what what happened, what happened in July, what does the market look like, where kind of some of the trends going, because we've had a very um, similar market as far as appreciation and pricing, um, and so we want to kind of look at some of that data and see checking in what does it look like this year versus versus last year um before i jump into that because what i'm likely to do is get into these numbers get on a tangent and forget about the property and forget about the properties so i do want to get a quick pick three in um i'll do a little bit of an abbreviated one and then we can jump into the numbers but pick number one 984 allen white so this is an absolutely gorgeous i mean this is like 
kind of the pinnacle estate type custom home built mm. just three years ago. 4688 square feet, so 984 Allen White. Um, that is in South Richland, right up there in Sundance Ridge. And it is one of those houses, if you're on Columbia Park Trail, you look up and it's got that view over the Yakima. So you see the Yakima Delta, you see all of Richland, White Bluff. So gorgeous, gorgeous view house, um, panoramic views. And that is a five bedroom, five bath. Um, And so like every single bedroom is basically an ensuite. And so it is absolutely just an awesome house. You've got two masters mm-hmm. on the main level. Ooh. So really set up whether whether you want to do um, in-law, in-law suite, mm-hmm. um, guest suite. It is very, very well set, well set up for that all on the main level. And then when you want to just um, kick the kids or uh, the loud people down to the basement, party central <laughs> in the basement. So set up really, really well. Tons of tile, tons of granite, heated tile floors in in that master theater room. I mean, I could just think of everything that would be on that list. And this Mm -hmm. is what you would have. So that is coming in for just under 5,000 square feet. And that's coming in at 849.9. Stunning, stunning home staged. Looks fantastic. Pick number two, 10, 349 West 18th Place in Kennewick. This is a Rambler basement, and it was the former builder model home, and you can tell. 3488 square feet, big great room, large picture windows. You've got an electric wall fireplace that just looks super. Those, I love those. Those mm. are super cool, trendy, um, and just is absolutely fantastic. You've got main level master in this house also. T- you know, fully tiled, walk-in, dual head shower, large walk-in closet. Absolutely fantastic, fantastic property. Then you've got the daylight walk outdoor to the lower level, family room, movie, entertainment. Once again, it's the mm-hmm. week of the movie theaters. And that's coming in at 439.9. Ooh. Now taking you the opposite direction to Richland, North Richland. This is 2236 Davison. Okay. And it is 3,064 square feet. New tile entry, um, just awesome, oversized formal living room, fireplace, just um, absolute stunning property. Um, Out back, you've got a private deck, covered patio, um, built-in bookcases in the master, updated vanity. And you are walking distance out there to Leslie Groves Park. So you've got hiking, biking along the Columbia River. This location is just fantastic, and that's coming in at three seventy-seven. So three hundred seventy-seven thousand there. Well, McKay, we've been we've been talking some numbers and looking at price um, price of homes. Mm-hmm. What type of appreciation are we looking at? What where's the year going? So we're kind of doing that mid-year check-in and really pulling some data out. Um, to look at what's happening. So in the previous uh, segment, we started with Richland. And so one of the things that people like to think about and talk about is, and kind of a gauge that they use, is price per square foot. Hmm. People just as a general tag say, well, gosh, what is that house priced at? What is the price per square foot there? So 
July's average, the July that we just had in Richland, the price per square foot there is averaging over over the sales last last month in July, mm-hmm. averaged a hundred and fifty nine dollars a square foot. Hmm. Now that is up eight point two percent from July from July of last year. So, you know, we've talked about, we've had roughly that 8 to 10% appreciation the last three years in the market based upon supply. Now, it's not looking like we're having drastic number, more number of sales. In fact, they were down mm-hmm. in the previous segment we talked about. But because of supply and inventory and construction prices, um, here in Richland, July versus July of last year, those prices you would be paying Roughly eight point two percent more mm. this to buy this year if you had waited from buying last year, and that's the question we've been getting from people. Like, what's the cost to wait? You know, we can't yeah. predict that into the future. We can use these models to kind of look at what that's going to look like, but we can kind of look back and give an example. So now we've been comparing the three cities instead of just giving you an average. We thought, let's look and see if we can find small discrepancies in here. So Kennewick now, the average sold price per square foot in July of this year, interestingly enough, exactly the same as Richland. In fact, I checked the data twice because I thought it was <laughs> odd that that number came up. Um, $159 per square foot. Now, here's the difference. July of last year in Kennewick, that was only 140 hmm. So Kennewick's average price per square foot, the appreciation rate there, 13.6%. Wow. More if you were buying a home in Kennewick this last July versus the previous year's July. So now the last one, Pasco. What is going on in Pasco? Pasco coming in $3 per square foot less Mm -hmm. than Richland and Kennewick, only $156 a square. And that was only up 6.1% 6.1% from the previous from the previous July. So Pasco's price per square foot rate not appreciating quite as fast as Kennewick and Richland did. Now a lot of that's going to come down to supply. Did they open up some additional lots? Was there mm-hmm. additional supply available? And what is that what does that look like as far as your long-term appreciation rates? Now those rates actually settling in to what honestly I feel a little more sustainable rate. And so it'll be interesting to see when we look at these numbers at the end of the year how things played out the, the second half of the year. If they stayed the same. The next number that I love to look at um, is when we're doing that. So based upon it being a seller's market, um, based upon us looking at one and a half month supply of homes on the market, of course, what you're going to see from that is you're going to see the days on the market trend change. And sure enough, the data backs that up. So July um, that we just finished, days on the market, and this number is just stunning when when I hear it. Um, Days on the market was 22. So only 22 days on the market. And that's an average, folks. That means, I mean, that means there was, you know, you know, 
ones that were long, lo, you know, longer than that, and then the there ones were that ones were that shorter. were shorter, absolutely shorter. And to see a number that low for the days on the market in real estate um, is crazy, and that's why we see the multiple offers because we have a number of properties um, that were having you know multiple offers, and those days on the market are you know five or less depending upon how we do wow. that. Wow. So very very similar story. Um, when we go, when we go to Pasco, um, not, um, not a big change from Kennewick. Kennewick was actually up a little bit. So Richland, we talked about there being, you know, less supply. So that number plummeted. Um, in fact, so Richland being 22 days on the market, the previous July, it was actually 45. Mm. And now we talked about that supply. Obviously, much less supply of homes on the market in Richland um, than there was before. We talked about the for sale listings being down by 16%. Mm-hmm. That obviously drastically affecting affecting supply. Kennewick ran very, very similar. It was actually, that number was 26, just a little bit higher than Richland. And that was actually up um, by three days from the previous July. And then Pasco, once again, that number plummeting. Pasco, um, that number down to 20 days, average days on the market um, versus 28 the previous year. Wow. So the way we see these happen in correlation is, you know, as we see the months and supply of home go up, we'll also see the days on the market start to rise. Mm-hmm. When all of that happens, it's an inverse relationship, and we'll see, we'll see that price appreciation um, number come down to how fast things things are appreciating. So right now we are still at that we're still at that like that peak like that that pinnacle mm-hmm. of where it's just been it's been steady but it's almost been like a plateau though where we've just stayed you know we've stayed in that really really high appreciation rate low days on the market. Um, at some point what we're looking for is an indication of when that number will shift a little bit yeah. and we'll start to see these charts change. And when we see those charts change, one of the things you have to do is you have to anticipate what's going to happen in the market and then price accordingly. Because what's been happening in the market is a lot of people have been saying, everything's been selling for 250 that are just like my house, but the rates have been appreciating so fast. I should just push it a little bit and go to 255. Mm. And then, you know, they wait two weeks and then there's no inventory. So they get the 255 and then the market starts to go, starts to go up. But with the number of lots that are coming on the market, the number of projects that are coming on the market, what you don't want to do is you don't want to be the person that pushes it to 255 and then the next three months you watch that market shift drastically. Maybe maybe it's not a big shift, but we go from a one-month supply of homes to a two-and-a-half-month supply of homes. Mm-hmm. And so then pushing in that market um, won't go over as well with the market as it would necessarily say when we were back at a one-month supply. So our job is to look at this data. We talk about these in our sales meetings. Our team goes over this. 
And then we use those microclimates in the different areas mm -hmm. to help our sellers and buyers make, make good decisions. If you have any questions about the numbers you've heard today, I literally got through 30% of what I brought to prepare <laughs> for the show. So I might have to geek out on you. Don't tune out. I hope this doesn't cost me listeners next week. But <laughs> I might have to. Um, there are a couple other key factors that I would love to present. I'll bring a couple of those for next week. And we will be right back here next week on News Talk 870. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You let me do it. I let you do it this week. Have a great week, everybody.